Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. All right, after a big, big UCF Knights basketball victory, the biggest to the likes we haven't seen, I thought it would be a great time to catch up with my old friend, the official basketball analyst of the Jeff Allen Sports Talk podcast. We have Ben Stout with us. Ben, it's great to talk to you, man. Yeah, great to talk with you too, Jeff. I mean, my goodness, after a special win uh, that we're – that we had last night. Uh, I mean, I've said it a few times on uh, social media, but biggest w- regular season win in program history, man. It was just, it was just something else. I mean, I'm just, I'm just so happy and so uh, proud of the guys that they were able to bounce back um, after a tough introduction to this conference at Kansas State, and just incredible game plan that they had going into this one and the players just executed that game plan i mean multiple players we'll get into it but multiple players just just uh having the game of their lives really i mean it was just uh, when we needed them the most it was just so exciting and i'm so proud um so proud of the guys that they were able to pull off such a big victory um in in only the second game in big 12 play yeah they're pretty awesome 65 60 the Kansas Jayhawks ranked number three coming in, so the highest-ranked opponent UCF has ever beaten. Uh, and, of course, you know, the game got off to a quick 7-0 start, you know, which was which was probably good because you know, at least got the fans engaged right away uh, because right. they were never in the game at Kansas State. Uh, so yep. get, at least getting out the thunder, Kansas, of course, you know, being the pedigree they are, they come back. They actually build a big 16-point lead, and I think, you know, the, the way they were able to get it down to eight by halftime was very, very critical uh, in order to propel them to their victory. Yeah, I think you just used the word critical. I mean, we're talking about two critical runs that happened in the game. I think um, that that was kind of the signature to this this win. It was it was the the lat, like probably about the let's call it the um, the about the five minute mark or four minute mark left in the half, the first half, uh, all the way to the end of that, um, that half there to, to come back, like you said, being down, I think we were down 18, right? You said 16, yes, um, 16, yeah, 16. And for to come back and cut the lead, I think we actually cut it to five and then they hit that three right at the end of the, right at the end of the half. So an eight point game at the half, you know, it was just a, Great. We just got the building back into it. We got the momentum going. I mean, because, yeah, you're right. We start out 7 nothing, And then all of a sudden they go on like a 25-3 to run. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like they showed they, – they, they, t- they call that timeout at 7 nothing, And then all of a sudden within – excuse me, I got, a, I got something in my ears here. I think it's my uh, – it's my – Apologize, it's my uh, tab that I have open. No, no worries. Uh, there we go. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, the um, if you heard it on your end, <laughs> no, I didn't hear things. Not a thing. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, you know, one of those videos that are playing of, of the Kansas State game last night, um, but our Kansas game last night. Excuse me. Um, I want to forget about the Kansas State game. <laughs> yes, do we? But uh, <laughs> it was, um, it, yeah, it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, we start out that 7-0 run, got the building into it, as you said. They call a timeout. They regrouped as they, we knew they would. And it was it was interesting, though, because they they did. They they uh, they had a 7-0 run of their own, and then they just kept extending it and extending it. I think it was a 12-0 run that they went on. It was all of a sudden 12-7, and then it was like 25-10. Um but, but really, especially when they came out of that timeout in the first half and they and they you know popped it to to tie ball game, it wasn't like it, it wasn't totally like deflation on the on our faces of our guys. It was just it was just one of those things. It's like all right, we got to sustain this. We got to sustain this. We're going to get back into it. It just seemed like the fight never left our guys. Uh, but then you're then like I said, those two critical runs. It was the you know about four minutes left in the first half. And then I would say at least the good, the first, like, especially the first four minutes coming out of the half. Um, what I, I was just so impressed with 
not only the players and the way they execute it, and I said this on Twitter, but like if you were really paying attention, like they they come out of the come out of the half and they know they're going to be on defense first possession, and and it was they they start out with this three two zone. It's like three two matchup zone that we're kind of using our athletes for. And um, um, but what I thought was was so effective about that zone is it allowed us like allowed our athletes to like on defense feel like we're not chasing around their athletes. Like we just have to react to where the ball's going and make our rotations. Like they didn't necessarily have to chase KJ Abrams from one end of the court to the other end of the court. Like if you're playing man to man, you know, um, it was, it was that zone and just how active we were in that zone. I think it, it kind of threw them off, but it allowed us to like sustain that energy for like a, a at a really high clip and it allowed the the fans to get into it um and kind of get you know get that momentum on their side and um that it was just so impressive how they came out of that halftime down eight but they they chipped away at it at the end of the first half but then when they came out of the uh, out of halftime it was just like that that defense just locked down um, and then there were some other things that were just um, really noticeable about the game plan that I also mentioned on social media. I mean, at that moment, they switched Shamari Allen to point. They had D- Darius Johnson uh, play off the ball, which that combination against Kansas was extremely effective. Um, and, uh, and Darius Johnson still had, I, I think, um, he led the team in assists, um, but, and, and it was, and it looked like, I mean, he, he was one of the players of the game last night. Um, but, uh, but usually when a point guard against a top team like Kansas has seven turnovers, you would think that it would have been a bad night for us. Um, and, and a, and a number of those turnovers came in the first half. I don't know how many, but a number of those turnovers came in the first half. Um, and I think that was that kind of like gave them the ability to kind of pop that lead in the beginning. But because he was moved, you know, off the ball, I think it was able. He was able to kind of settle in a little bit, and um, he made some of the biggest three-point shots down the stretch of his career uh, last night. I think it was um, it was when they tied the ball game with a couple minutes left, or maybe a minute left in a game, and he hit that three-pointer. I mean, that's the biggest shot that Darius Johnson has probably ever hit in his life. Um, and so it was uh, it was really exciting. I'm proud of the way he played, and then. Two other things I'll mention um, that we can get into is uh, in regards to the game plan is uh, starting CJ Walker and more important, even more importantly, starting Diallo at center. Um, I, I was really, uh, you must have seen something either in the matchup or in practice going into that game that just said, we got to, we got to put our, the best shot blocker on our team. We've got to put him on, believe the best the biggest and best player in this conference we got to put him on it yeah and he rewarded that uh confidence that we had in him the coaching staff had him he rewarded that with the best game that i've seen him play in a ucf uniform potentially the best game that he's experienced um his energy the shot blocking he really frustrated hunter dickinson throughout the game got him in foul trouble early it was just an impressive performance overall, but in particular, I was um, I was excited to see how well thought out and how well prepared the game plan was, how prepared the team was, and then um, and then also how the players were put in position to shine, and a few of them in particular really did. I mean, uh, and and Diallo and um, and and Darius Johnson, I think in particular, and then and then we got Sellers back, especially shooting. I was excited about that. Yeah, so let's kind of focus on Diallo a little bit because I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. I think you can obviously make a case for him being the MVP of the game. I mean, Hunter Dickinson mm-hmm. is a very well decorated college basketball center. He's a beast. He's <laughs> you know, and and he's tough inside and outside. And yeah. and the way that he really frustrated him on defense, he also got him into foul trouble. Uh, you know, just the, the impact that he had alone, and he was able to, you know, throw a little offense in there too. Uh, that that, yeah. that really made made a made a nice nice difference. And yeah, it was great to see him really step up and 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 play 
you know, as you said, the game of his life. He really did, uh, you know, mm-hmm. put forth a superior effort. Yeah, he really did. I think it was uh, during that run to start out the uh, second half that we were on um, came down and Kansas came down and, and, and they made a great play. I forget exactly what happened, but um, it might've even been Dickinson making the play, but then, then we come right back down the court, you know, a couple minutes into that second half and Diallo gets the ball on the block. gets pushed off by Dickinson a little bit. And then he has this little like Hakeem, the dream, like turnaround jumper over his right shoulder like that we've never seen it from like 12 to 15 feet, like that we've never seen him do from like the right baseline. And he just sank it. And it was just like, I think it was a message to Kansas in that moment. It was like, it was like when you got guys like that hitting shots, it was like, man, this ain't, this isn't going to be your night, Kansas. Like we're, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get after it, you know? Um, and so really cool. And I, I just, uh, I'm, I mean, he's been such a great defensive guy for us. I mean, leading the conference in blocks per game, um, comes off the bench and has just been an energy guy. Him along with uh, Marcellus Avery have just been fantastic off the bench and a few others. I mean, we really have talked a lot about quality depth that we have this year. But um, in a game like that, when we needed him the most, that he gets his, I believe, first start of the year. I'm not 100 It was his sure first, yeah. Uh, yeah, first start of the year. Um for him to for him to kind of assignment and really be a star in his role, I was just it was just uh, I'm so pleased with the way he was able to play. I mean, high percentage from the field, just a, amazing plays on defense and uh, just crit- at, at critical times too. You know, like he when we needed a bucket or we needed a big rebound, he always came through for that. And um, and, and so I, I'm happy for him that he was able to contribute in such a big way. Yeah, and I think and one one other thing I'll say about Diallo. One other thing I'll say about Diallo, he struggled from the free throw line a lot during the year. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard uh, I heard Mark Daniels say on the on his radio show this morning, and I've heard other people talk about the, this that are close to the team that um, uh, that the coaching staff has worked a lot with him on free throw shooting and his um, his confidence from the line and. Um, and I, I think that that has um, – I, I think that that's come along really well and it kind of culminated in this game where it allowed him to be a little bit more aggressive because he wasn't afraid to go to the line. Um, he knew that he had to be aggressive against Hunter Dickinson and um, and he not only scored 13 points and had some great post moves in doing it, but, um, but he went to the line uh, for six shots, made five of them, I mean, going five for six to the line – in this particular game with some of the free throw struggles that we've had as a team, but him in particular, it's just another, uh, you know, another exclamation point on his performance. Well, and you talk about the impact on Dickinson too, because got him in foul trouble, got him out of the game for a while. And you could tell down the stretch, Dickinson was not as aggressive on defense because he's trying to stay in the game. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, um, I think he probably could have fouled out of that game. He probably that that one the, his fourth foul probably should have been his fifth. I mean, yeah. uh, I think it was uh, Jim, uh, Sellers driving the lane down the left hand side um, with about about twelve minutes left in the game should have been his fourth foul in my opinion. But regardless, um, that was missed. But um, I was I was happy that that we fought through any type of adversity and. Um, and, and you're right. It was a, just a it was just a huge game overall from uh, Diallo and all of our players. C.J. Walker. So you know he's still working his way back into form after missing a chunk of the season uh, with injury. And you know, and you can tell because like you know when he starts finishing at the at the, at the basket, you know that's going to add a whole another dimension for this team. Right. When that's when those shots right. start to fall. But the other thing he gives you is tremendous hustle and defense. And you could see where he was having, he was wreaking havoc with Kansas in a lot of ways. Yeah, when you look at the box score after the game's over, you're you're thinking that Diallo probably had about four blocks himself or whatever because he changed a lot of shots on defense. But C.J. Walker led our team in blocks. I think he had three blocks on the game. Um, and they were at critical moments. I mean, uh, there was one, I believe it was in the first half, probably about eight minutes left in the first half where – Kansas got a steal. It was just a bad pass by one of our players that Kansas got a steal and they're out on the break. And 
CJ chases them down and blocks a shot, you know, on the break and they, they don't get a bucket out of that. They don't get points off those turnovers. And it's just those types of effort plays and using his athleticism has just been huge for him. And what I like uh, from CJ Walker is you saw the first couple of games this season, even against lesser opponents, he was, uh, I don't, I don't want to say he was getting frustrated, but you know, I mean, when you're out for that long and you're such a great athlete and ball player that he is, you know, he was pressing a bit to try to get back into form, you know, like you, you saw multiple times in his first couple of games, uh, that he was, he was just kind of, he seemed like he was forcing some things to try to get at it. But what I, what I saw a little bit in the Kansas state game and then definitely saw a lot, especially in the first half of the Kansas game is um, he wasn't settling for any outside jumpers because that's the part of his game that I think needs to come back the most. Uh, that's the part of his game that is probably the the most rusty, I guess, if, if you could say it that way. So uh, what I liked, uh, what I saw in the first half uh, of the game last night as far as just how he got in himself into rhythm is that even if he was wide open at the three, um at the three-point line like he he'd pump fake and pass up on that shot to to get into the lane and try to try to you know whether dunk the ball or just try to like you know create contact uh for their bigs like dickinson in particular um you know he was he was really a part of 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 trying to get their bigs in particular dickinson and into foul trouble because he was very aggressive on the offensive end of the floor where he played to his strengths a lot better than what we saw at Kansas State and in the games prior, especially the games prior to that. He did that a little bit at Kansas State, but last night he was much improved. So knowing knowing his role and um, and really um, just making sure that hey, the shot's not falling for me. We got other shooters that can um, that can take care of that, but I need to create havoc by using my athleticism and getting in the paint. Um, and not only that, that helps his offensive game, but um, but that allows him to, you know, for putback opportunities if, um, you know, if he's closer to the basket and that's on offense. But um, but certainly his strength is he's one of the best, I believe, one of the best defenders, um, you know, in the in the in the conference. Um, and I think that as he gets more and more into this, um, him just how athletic he is. Uh, even coming back from injury, I just think he's going to be a huge piece for us. And he showed it last night. I mean, those three blocks were critical, had a steal. Um, I would say that his only kind of blunders of the night were probably, um, uh, especially one of the two three-point shots that he took and missed. Um, there was one in the middle of a run. I think it was late in the shot clock, so he probably felt like he had to jack it up. But it was, um, you know, Shooting from the outside is something that he still needs to improve on, and um, and and I'm glad that outside of the one or two that he he felt like he had to take, he was uh, playing to his strengths inside the paint. Yeah, and of course Jalen Sellers, he had 18 points, and you know that we're not unaccustomed to him leading the scoring, but the return of the three point shot, he has you know he was a 40 40 plus percent shooter for three last year at Ball State. And right, it, and yeah, I think it was forty five percent for a long stretch or something. Yeah. Like it's just, uh, man. And so that hasn't been the, the 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 numbers here, but last night it looked like that uh, that was coming back to him, and uh, it you know timely. This is everything, right? And uh, uh, getting that from him was big. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, he you know kind of blew the roof off the building in the beginning of the game with that you know amazing fast break dunk and. You know, really, just one of, the, you know, one of the coolest pictures that uh, somebody from our social media team at UCF captured of like the like half the arena, and then he's like cocking back and dunking it. That was awesome. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that I was impressed with last night is he he made uh, he he was able to catch and shoot a little bit better, make better decisions on on his shot selection. I think he didn't seem like he was forcing it at all. And one of the things that helped with that was um, guys like Shamari Allen, uh, Darius Johnson, themselves getting, you know, into the pain and creating drive and kick opportunities where he's just catching and shooting. I think that helped um, a lot in 
in his uh, three-point shooting, you know, increasing in that game, more catching it in a more comfortable spot. But, I mean, he did what he does best in a lot of instances. Uh, I'm glad that he came back and, um, you know, shot much better from the three, shooting four from seven, you know, four for seven for the three-point range. But he had a lot of instances where – and continued to – to show the other teams that he he can make a high percentage of shots or a higher percentage of shots from the three-point line. I think that it's going to play into his strengths um, that is that is well beyond – like his biggest strength as a player, in my opinion, is, is when he's pump faking and, and he's taking one or two dribbles to try to get around that free-throw line 15-foot area because his mid-range jumper is, is, is really impressive. I've I, – Looking at highlights of him at Ball State, like before he joined UCF, like I, I was like, man, he can really shoot it from the three. But it seems like that area of the court is a really big, you know, area for him. That I, I and we saw it in the beginning of the season, especially um, where that was where he was scoring a lot of his points. So if he can start making threes, you know, more, cons- you know, consistently, like we saw last night then that just bodes well for that part of his game to really open up, to be able to kind of pump fake to dribble, get, you know, either create for himself with that mid range jumper that he has or, or finding his teammates, which is, I mean, it's just, it was just, a, it was just an all around great performance by our, by our team last night. And it just seemed like in certain big critical shots that we had that Jalen Sellers made or whoever made, it was like, you know, we, we were finally just, we were like almost frustrating them, which is great. Yeah. And you talked about Darius Johnson earlier. You know, he had 17 and the, the big shots at the end, the free throws to help close things out, you know. Oh, I mean, that was huge. They were, those were huge. And, you know, and, 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 and I knew, I think, I'm pretty sure you agree with me. He probably turns the ball over more than we like from our point guard, but, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's kind of a risk reward guy, right? And, yes. you know, when, and when he does reward, it's usually pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what you're always going to get out of Darius Johnson is he plays consistently good defense, and he's 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 a he's a big, strong guard, you know, and so he can frustrate some other guards. So that's that's the positive. But you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think some of his the the toughest games that we've had where we've struggled as a team, um, you can kind of look at Darius Johnson's stat line and just be like, all right, well, you know, we, we can't have that type of assist to turnover ratio from our point guard, who is honestly, he's kind of our, as far as the ones that get minutes, he's like kind of our, our only like true point guard on the team, you know, like a, um, Shamari Allen's kind of like a Swiss army knife. Like, he, you know, he can play both guard positions, but I would say he's probably more comfortable off the ball, but, um, like I said, I mean, that coaching move of, I think it started in the set, or, or when I first started to notice it, I haven't watched the game back yet, but when I first started to notice it was right, right away at the start of the second half, it, it, where our coaching staff, you know, basically had Shamari Allen take the ball up the court and it just, and just Darius Johnson just seemed to flip a switch. I mean, it was just like he, he just didn't have the responsibility to take the ball up the court. So all of a sudden, he like he was able to just create for himself or create for his teammates in such a big way. It's like just seemed like we were we had better ball movement as as an offense, and uh, certainly the way they picked up the defense helps with that because we can kind of get out in transition and do what we do. But um, I, I was I was obviously pleased i was worried early on when i saw some of those darius johnson turnovers that it was going to turn into another kansas state game um luckily uh for us as fans it it didn't turn out that way and 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 um and i'm really happy for him that he was able to just kind of battle and be a leader that he is and i mean you talk about it free throws down the stretch i mean um hunter dickinson hits that three point that crazy three pointer in the corner to bring them within three. And you're just like, all right, well, they've got to foul us. But as UCF fans, you're not thinking about, Oh, we got to make free throws quite yet. You're thinking like, we got to get the ball in. We got to make sure that we are strong with the ball. We don't turn the ball over because they got 16 seconds left or whatever it was. And it's, it's like, that's plenty of time. If we, uh, if we, you know, mess up or, you know, don't get the ball in and the way that they designed that play to make sure that, he got the ball was a good little design play him coming from about the half court line and weaving in, in between 
Marcellus Avery and a couple other players and trying to get the ball. But he and MOD mentioned it on the broadcast, like how he how he just sealed off his defender and then got the ball and made sure he was the one, our best free throw shooter, getting the ball. And then he knocks them both down. It was just it was just a, you know, a big time, uh, you know, kind of uh stamp or, or period to the end of the sentence on our game that that he uh, was able to finish it out that way yeah so there's no one game the same from one to the next right so you know we talked about the kansas state debacle where mm-hmm. you know that, that i mean that was just a mitigated disaster at, at all levels and right. you, know, you know can you kind of explain the emotions of a player when you have like a game that was just a total zip and then you're yeah. then you're getting the third ranked team in the country, and you're able to somehow find a way to be better than them on that night. That's a it's a it's got to be quite a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, I mean it's that game at Kansas State. I, I mean it was unlike any other game that we played this season, where um, you know because even the losses that we had up until that point in the non conference, I mean we were competitive. You know, you could say Stetson was was a you know a tough loss for sure, but but that one is like one of those games when you were done when you were done with it. It's like all right, well they couldn't miss a shot, so it is what it is. Like you know that Stetson game was like that, but but to have like kind of so much like uh, so much excitement, your first game in the Big Twelve, you're going on the road in a really tough environment against a team that was a shot away from the final four last year and, um, you know, national coach of the year at Kansas state, you know, it's a, it's a really tough place to play. I don't think that because they're Kansas state and they're not Kansas, like I don't think they get enough respect of just how tough that building is and how, how rabid their fans are. But I'm sure those Kansas Jayhawks could tell you just how crazy that, that game is when they play in that arena. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, it was just kind of one of these, one of those games, right? Like it's one of those games, in my opinion, that you just kind of, you just kind of like throw out the tape. You might watch it once and you never watch it again, right? You just don't even talk about it again because it was just everything seemed that could go wrong seemed to go wrong. And you're right that I mean that uh, you kind of have choices as an athlete when you go through something like that. You can you can say, well, it's the first time we've we've dealt with that type of you know. Uh, that type of battle or that, you know, that, that type of adversity that we just couldn't respond to, you know, it just felt like we were whitewashed the whole game. Is that us? Is that, is that who we are or, or is the, you know, uh, is the nine wins that we had prior to that, you know, is that who we are, you know? Um, and, 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 uh, and you can kind of make a decision if you want to bounce back and really show that you're a team to be reckoned with and you can compete with anybody in this conference. Uh, or do you just want to accept that, you know, they give us a last place finish in the preseason and that's who we are now. We got, we got smacked in the face by Kansas State and we're just going to lay down. And obviously no athlete makes it to that level. Nobody, no athlete makes it to the Division One level ever thinking or ever having that mentality that I just described. Um, or at least, you know, the, the more negative mentality that I just described, but, uh, I'm just proud of them the way that they, they bounce back. I mean, thing about the big 12 is it's a gauntlet. That's that's the, that's the, um, word that I, I, I kind of can't get off of, uh, as far as I've used that word so often talking about big 12 basketball, but so it's tough, you know, it's, it's a, it's a tough you know, thing to go through night in and night out. There are no nights off in this conference, but when you look at there are no East Carolinas, that, <laughs> yeah. there's no East Carolinas. There's no, I mean, you've lost it on last year, but like, there's no temples in this last, there's like, there's no, there's none of that. Right. Like there's no, there's no nights off. Okay. And, um, and so, but the flip side of that is though, is like, when you talk about building a resume for March, I mean, there is, there's, there's no game that, there's every game is a huge opportunity. Like strength of schedule is not an issue. (laughs) um, We have the number two strength of schedule in the country. I mean, we're not talking about We're not talking about just a portion. We're talking about the country, the whole country. UCF has the number one strength of schedule. It's like our number two strength of schedule, I think. And it's, so it's like, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, you looked at the stretch to start out this at Kansas state 
and then four ranked teams in a row. I mean, four teams that are we had we had like like something like five of our or maybe it's like seven of our first eight games are against top sixty in the net or something like that. Like, are I, 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 it's just it's just wild, you know, the amount that you have to go through. But the, again, the flip side of that is that these are quad one, quad two opportunities. And if you can go take them, you can go get wins. All of a sudden, every game is a big game, you know, mm-hmm. and every game is an opportunity to like say that you're a good team. And I'm just, again, I, I kind of keep using the word, but I'm so proud of the guys and I'm so proud of the coaching staff that they put together that game plan and they they were able to bounce back and say, you know, opportunity to kind of shock the world here and let's 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 make our yeah our first big 12 game didn't work out the way we wanted it to but but our first big 12 home game is coming up and we got number three in the country coming into the building and what what bigger opportunity to take advantage of and and you saw it throughout the game right even with even the huge run in the first half that kansas went on they just felt like it felt like they never really got down on themselves they never said who this is who we are they what they kind of they not only stuck with the game plan, but they kind of like amped up their level and chipped away at it. And then when they saw they had a chance of winning this game in the second half, once they went on that run in the second half to start it, and they they kind of like like saw that little glimmer that, hey, we're down by five now. We're down by three now. Oh, we're tied. We got the lead. Like once they had that, like once they realized, whoa, we can play with these guys. We've been playing with them for the last 30 minutes and all of a sudden we're up by two or whatever that number was. But it's like losing this lead. Now we're going to continue. We're going to finish this out. We're not we're not going to play tight. We're going to play aggressive. Like That was what I like too. They, they played aggressive all the way the full 40 minutes. They didn't they didn't get tight. They didn't they didn't like. They didn't say, "Oh man, I hope it's I hope it's close at the end and we can pull it out." Like, no, 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 we're gonna try to we're gonna try to take this, and uh, that mentality was really impressive to watch. Yeah, and you mentioned so you, it's Kansas, it's BYU yeah. coming in on Saturday, right? And, yeah, and BYU a newcomer to the conference, crazy, but man. they've been a perennial NCAA team. Yeah, they've they've mm-hmm. always had a re- really nice basketball program. Texas on the road, uh, you know, and they've got Max Asmus. That's a, mm-hmm. you know, that's a that's a pretty good uh, addition to their squad. And then, of course, an yeah, old familiar fellow in Houston, which is you know, uh, they suffered the fate of uh, uh, of Kansas uh, getting upset by Iowa, Iowa State. So, yeah, you just look at that schedule up and down. The last thing I kind of wanted to touch on was the atmosphere. Uh, now, mm-hmm. I didn't get to go to the game. But it came across very well. I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, it came across very well on television. Uh, mm-hmm. the 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 intensity of, of the crowd was so into it, uh, and you know they 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 could have packed it up when we were down, right? But they but they, but they kept at it. Uh, you know, credit to the Knights for getting them back into the game as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm hoping that this is a, a great springboard because you know. You know, you mentioned Kansas State. I've been watching some of these Big Twelve games, and they are off the hook, nuts. Oh my god, it's incredible! Yeah. That, uh, the Cincinnati Texas game the other night was just like, I mean, I remember texting people, and I'm just like, man, this game is insane. The atmosphere is nuts. It was a you know slugfest. That was a that was on what Tuesday night or yeah. whatever. So yeah, that was that was wild that game. And then you know Cincinnati wound up pulling that out, or, or no Texas won on the last second shot. Yeah. Yes, yeah. But yeah, the, the atmosphere is nuts in the in the Big Twelve, and we're we're adding part of that. We're adding to that. I think our atmosphere is going to be, you know, formidable. Yeah, and I'm yeah I'm hoping this is really a great springboard for the program as far as that goes because. Uh, uh, it, because we've had we've seen it in glimpses, right? You know the right. You know with with you know. In the rivalry with Memphis, uh, Houston, in the American, you know, we, we've we've seen glimpses. But I if- said I would say the Michigan, the the what gave me the biggest confidence that we would have a big time atmosphere at least for the game last night, and I'm glad we pulled it off. And I'm I like I'm like you, Jeff. Like I hope we, you know, really you know have a packed house from now on. But um, what gave me hope that game like Kansas. And, and others that we're going to see at home in this conference that we'd have a packed 
arena was the Michigan game two years ago. It was like right before New Year's Michigan a football team was playing down in the Orange Bowl. And they um, and, you know, we had that home game against Michigan that we wound up pulling out. Um, and I, re- I was at that game with my family. Um, and I'll never forget, like, going to that game. There were so many Michigan fans there, right? But, like, when we went on a run in the second half of that game, like, the I, 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 I can't remember a time um, prior to that, certainly, um, where, where, like, that arena was that loud and that crazy, and it was, like, all our – like, they might have had a lot of Michigan fans there, but, like, we – our fans were so loud because the arena is, like, a good size. It's not too big. It's not too small. Um, but when that, when it gets, when the UCF fans get into it, like it's loud and, um, and you know, the palm fronds going last night, you know, the free throws, I mean, it was just like classic UCF. Like we were just like, I, the, the atmosphere was just insane. Even Bill Self, um, you know, said it after the game, he caught very complimentary of our fans. I was so happy that, you know, uh, our fans rushed the court, but, but, uh, not only our fans being respectful, but, uh, you know, security was able to make sure the Kansas players, there was no shenanigans there or anything like that. Um, and so I was, I was proud of our fans for that, but, um, but yeah, the atmosphere was just insane. And I knew it, I knew it was going to be like, I, I, I didn't even think about, you know, I, I wasn't even worried about it. Like even half of this arena, which certainly was not half. I mean, it was probably like only about 15% at most the of the Kansas fans I would I would say that were there it was mostly UCF fans but by the same token like like uh the I I wasn't worried about it even if it was like close to half because I just knew that if we were able to go on a run like it wouldn't matter where the opposing fans were like our home fans are getting loud when we when we show some good quality basketball on the court so that's exciting yeah it, it totally is and and when you think about you know you know and no disrespect to the American because, you know, we, you know, it did a lot of great things for us. It's a better basketball conference than they're given credit for as well. I would have always, I would agree with that. that. Yeah. But, but Big 12 basketball. But it's not the Big 12. <laughs> I mean, Big 12 basketball. Well, so Mike O'Donnell said it last night. I mean, you're going to play six or seven top 25 teams just in your conference alone. <laughs> that's that's a that's that's a, that's just crazy insane schedule that, uh, that yeah uh, i mean we're gonna play four in a row uh <laughs> stars is i mean and and honestly kansas state was right on the cusp i mean they lost the other night but i mean they were like like they're they're right on the cusp when we played them of a top 25 team too so it's like four in a row to start yeah you know at four of the first five top 25 teams yeah just it's a it's a gauntlet, man. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the the other thing that this stood out, and you've seen all this on social media too, the reactions of Johnny Dawkins after the game. I want to see more of that. That was beautiful. Yeah. That video of him close up, like with all the fan, the student section behind him. I mean, his facial expressions and it's like, yeah, like it's just like big eyes. Like I, it was just, I was so happy for him. I, I, I mean, I, I, in certain podcasts or whatever in the past and on social media, like I, I have no problem with being accused of being a, you know, a little bit of an apologist when it comes to Don, Johnny Dawkins. Um, just cause I, I, I mean, I really respect him. I think he's done a great job, but he, uh, he's just a, he's just a good man overall. And nobody, nobody disputes that. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just funny, like, um, and I said to somebody last night that, like, we're going to talk about, you know, how he should be fired or, or, or is this his last season or whatever. You know, like, they, they can't get over the hump after the Kansas State game because we saw, you know, like, we saw a performance by our team that was, you know, was just certainly not up to um, what we were hoping for we should certainly balance that out when we, when you're a, when you're a basketball fan and you can, can notice things on the court and you can notice those things that, that like were coaching, like the players have to and execute the game plan to the highest level. And they have to do things outside of that game plan that are going to allow us to beat a top five team in the country. Yes, that's absolutely true. And our players should deserve. They deserve so much credit for how well they played in that game last night. Um, 
but Shamari Allen doesn't switch to the point unless he's unless he's coached to do so. Um, we don't go out in that three-two matchup zone at the end of the or the start of the second half unless he's coached to do so. Unless they're coached to do so, they don't switch back and forth just at, whenever they feel like it from man to zone, given the situation on the court. Like that's how they prepare for it. That's given in-game instructions, um, and I just was so impressed with. I've always been impressed with a defensive game plan that Dawkins was able to put together, but some of the decisions that he made going into that game last night and throughout that game, him and his coaching staff, uh, were just extremely impressive. And I think that we should balance that type of criticism that we give Johnny Dawkins and his staff in losses. Um, we always love to, as fans, any uh, fans of any of any team, um, but uh, especially one when you got passionate ones like UCF fans are, like. Um, we, we seem to kind of jump all over the opportunity to, to say that, that this isn't the right coaching, you know, staff for the, for the conference that we're in when we have a game like Kansas state. But I think we should just balance that. We should be realistic about when we lose games like that, but we should balance that out with like recognizing that like the, the way that we won that game last night was a total team win. And that mm-hmm. team extends to the coaching staff in every, every which way that you can think of. I mean, you think about it. We played, we were going 10, 11 deep in the non-conference. Um, and when you play a big game like that and you, and you realize the match, certain matchups are in your favor. Sometimes you gotta, you gotta tighten your lineup to seven, eight, maybe eight guys at the most, mm-hmm. um, you know, six, seven guys. And that's what he did last night. I mean, Obviously, Silla got elected or got ejected early in the game with a little bit of a scuffle there. Uh, you know, he came off the bench uh, during a scuffle. Um, so I don't know if he plays more often if he did, doesn't get ejected. But um, but really, I mean, starting Diallo, starting C.J. Walker, and then bringing Omar Payne off the bench for the first time all year, um, uh, utilizing uh Marcellus Avery and the way that he's utilized him all season I think is great coaching and and, and um I mean I, he's one of my favorite players on the team I love Chi Chi Avery he's the man but um uh I mean we tightened up our lineup too I think we only had like a rotation of about seven eight players I mean even even a guy like um Langford who who has started most games this year didn't play much last night mm-hmm. And I think that was, I think that's not necessarily a reflection on him. I think there was some sort of recognition of the matchup that we just, we needed certain players like the length of Marcellus Avery or, or, um, or, or just CJ Walker starting in a starting role and, and and all that. And and it was just, it was just a matchup thing and it was the flow of the game thing. And, um, and that's and that's some recognition and, and preparation by the coaching staff that should be recognized as positive. Yeah, got to give credit. You know, if you're gonna if, you, if you're gonna blast a guy for losing, you got to give him credit when they win. You know, it's you know, right. That's only fair. You know, and, and you know, and I was, you know, before the season. I mean, you know, I'm like, is Dawkins the guy to take us into the Big Twelve? You know, and, I'm, and, I, and I think we still we don't know for sure the answer to that question yeah. for sure. But yeah, yeah, you know, and, and that's one of those things. It's and I always like to come back to the question, you know, answer the question with the question. Okay, well, if it's not Dawkins, who is it? Who yep. who are you going to bring in to get yep. to get that job done? And and, and you know, and that's Especially a question. With the resources that we dedicate to our basketball program, are we going to extend ourselves in order to go get somebody that's a bigger name that uh, the fan base who is vocal about Dawkins is going to be satisfied with? I just don't. I don't know really the answer to that question, unfortunately. Yes, and 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 it sounds like Jay Wright's not coming out of retirement. So it's <laughs> 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 that was yeah. that would have been so, my wish there, right? But uh, right, but, but yeah, but right. it's like. Okay, because yeah, especially when it comes to coaching changes, like, well, all right, well, tell me who you got. <laughs> yeah, who's so, walking through that door, right? Yeah, so you know, and 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 to and to a person, you know, you cannot find anybody that says anything negative about Johnny Dawkins as a man, as a person. Um, you know, and right. and and you know, and nobody thinks he's. I would like to think that most of his detractors. Even they believe he's not just collecting a paycheck that, you know, he's putting the effort oh, in no. with what he's got to work with. The amount of the uh, that's the thing that I think is the biggest misconception about 
there's two there's two things that kind of light me up or like get me fired up like if i'm in a debate with someone about johnny Dawkins, because everything that you just said like the question marks that you have like i usually concede that because you know uh i think somebody asked me after the kansas state game like you know i think this proves that or you know if we see this night in and night out do you think this is last year and i'm like see this night in and night out no coach could survive that like that's uh, there should be god and i'll i won't stand in the way you know like you know it's fine but like but i also finished that i don't think we're going to see this night in and night out like it it was more of a exception to the rule rather than the rule and then we saw the bounce back that happened right um but uh i i forget exactly where i was going with that it's just it's just that um like i i I feel like um, the things that light you up when people commit you about. Yeah. Okay. Game. There it was. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. So one of them was one of them was uh, one of the things that really light me up is 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 the whole argument of like we made it to the NCAA tournament with Donnie Jones players like that that really fires me up. If you, I, I'm I, I'm one with Roger Phipps on the uh, and the guys on the Night at One podcast uh, every week now, and it, it, I like legitimately like. We I wanted I I just like lit everybody up I I wanted this rant because <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous um like I don't know if that team is I mean first off I'll say I'll say what I said the other night like you know three of those six three of the top six players on that team were Dawkins recruits they were guys that Dawkins brought in Terrell out three of the five starters were Dawkins guys so um and then the two that were the biggest contributors uh, you know. BJ Taylor and Taco Fall, like, like, yeah, but uh, I mean, do we get it done without? I, I mean, it's just like, I think it's a ridiculous argument. But the second thing is the demeanor on the sideline. It drives me insane. Like when people say that, oh, Dawkins doesn't get fired up on the sideline, so he's not that much of a competitor. I'm like, I'm like, Dawkins is one of the biggest competitors that like anybody who's met him like knows. Like anybody who's played for Dawkins, I haven't played for Dawkins, but I know plenty of people who have. Anybody who played for Dawkins, like you say that to them, you say that he's not a competitor because he doesn't show this fire on the sideline that some of our fans are looking for. Like they're insane. Like it, 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 those players would look at you like you're you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and I would say that you don't need you don't need all this animation and craziness. You don't need to be guys like Mick Cronin on the sideline to like or or uh, you know uh, Hurley on the sideline like to be to be like successful. And I just named two successful coaches. I get that. But like, you just don't have to have that um, because his players know what he's all about. He knows he's a leader to his players. And, and um, I think those two things kind of fire me up because it just don't represent like, there are some things that you can point to and criticize about this coaching staff and Dawkins in particular as a leader. But like, I just don't think those two things that the co- the fans like to point out a lot are, are really valid. Yeah. And of course, you know, I mean, you know, you have choices, right? I mean, you could sell your, you could sell your soul and hire Rick Pitino, right? Right. But, but you know, right. but you know, but you know, you're, you're, you're making a deal with the devil for a short term gain. <laughs> yeah. Best, it's, right. It's, exactly. And it's like, and it's like people like to always bring up Pitino, uh, but it's, it's like, are we? Are, what's the opportunity to get him in the moment that we decide to let you know any current coaches go? You know, like you just don't know. Like it's and, and, and like you said, it would be selling your soul. But it's like again, it's going back to like, well, who are you going to get to replace him? Yeah. Well, Ben, this has been a great discussion. I'm glad we got to got to connect and uh, talk about the the biggest win in UCF basketball history. Uh, I mean. I you know I don't want to discount the NCAA tournament win because that was a that was a that was a big milestone as well, but you right. know but in your first shot at a bluebird like Kansas and taking them down, that's it's it's still I mean, it still it seems a, surreal to say it. <laughs> yeah, it is it is wild. I mean, it's just uh, it's just so exciting. I mean, uh, just. Uh, I'll never forget. I mean, I've been watching it with my family in the living room, you know, like those are one of those moments, like the Mike Hughes run back, like the, the, I mean, I was in the building for the VCU win, you know, the tournament win, uh, you know, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the, you know, winning the, winning the conference tournament as a player in the Atlantic sun, you know, like I'll never forget that experience, but like, 
But like that that game last night is one of those games that I'll add to the list, and it'll be pretty high up on the list as a well, certainly top of the list as a fan. Just being able to just watch that game and kind of before the game started, even the even the 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 most diehard or or even I would say unrealistic fan probably wouldn't have given us much of a shot but to be able to have them pull it off the way they did um it was just it was just special and and so great and i'm i'm so happy and so uh proud to be a uh, a small part of the the past of the program but uh just so happy for these athletes and so happy for us as fans that we were able to pull that off in the in our first big 12 home game it wasn't just that we were uh, we had our first game in the big in the best conference in college basketball but we played arguably the bluest of the blue bloods <laughs> yeah <laughs> in game one at home and and we were able to pull it off it's just it's just there's there's not a i, I mean i know i've gone long-winded on everything here but it's just oh. there's just not enough i can say about it it's just incredible it's the stuff that dreams are made of my friend <laughs> yeah man i'm hoping i'm hoping we can carry some momentum and see if we see who else we can surprise in this conference because Lord knows the opportunities are out there. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, they, they get they get plenty of shots. All right, Ben, as always, man, thank you for being on. I very much appreciate it. Yeah, man, thanks for reaching out to me today. I'm so glad that I was able to talk about this win with you, Jeff, and I appreciate you uh, having me on your on your pod here. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffAllen underscore 88, on Facebook at JeffAllen88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.